Blue Devil here, Danny Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils, and you're listening to the Uncle Puckers New Jersey Devils podcast with Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, the Uncle Puckers. Let's go, Devils! History is made by the Las Vegas Golden Knights. That's what history is made. So, uh, congratulations to Las Vegas and their fans and the entire city for winning their first Stanley Cup in franchise history. We're the Uncle Puckers, Chris and Dan tonight, the OGs, just the two of us. What's up, Mr. Dan? What's going on? It's Vegas, baby. Vegas. Yeah, man, what a unbelievable run they had. Um, did you watch the game last night, I'm guessing? Yes. Uh, it was, I mean, I, I thought maybe this was the one that's going to be due for a shutout. You got two great goalies, and I was looking for that. And, no, it was a high-scoring ass-whooping. And, uh, wow, totally, you know, Vegas showed why they're so dominant. And, and Florida showed why they uh, relied so heavily, or how much they relied. On Keith Kachuk, because without him well, there, Matthew Kachuk. Uh, yeah, um, yeah I know. without his I kid, Matthew there. Um, well, without Keith, you don't have a Matthew. Exactly. So let's start there. Right. So Florida should be thanking Keith first of all. Exactly. And his mom, whatever the fuck her name is. But uh, let's start with Florida, right? Because they were, you know, they get into the playoffs basically because Pittsburgh decides they don't want to ever win again. They lose to Chicago. They lose to Columbus. Florida squeaks in. They, you know, play Boston, you know, the best team in the NHL, beat them in seven. They take out um, Toronto in six. They take out Carolina in four. And then they come into this series where they just, to me, looked completely outmatched on every level. They were, I think Vegas was like the one team that can match them physically. But Vegas was, uh, I think, a much better team, which was obvious uh, in, in the play. But like Florida, to me... The physicality that they came into the playoffs with, right. like in Bo- against Boston and just going right through, like you you live by the sword, you die by the sword, right? I mean, it caught up with them. Uh, they had, you know, everybody was injured, and I, look, Vegas has probably got guys that were getting twelve cortisone shots before each period oh, yeah. too. Well, yeah, anybody you know, going this far into the playoffs is going to have their, you know, their injuries. But you're right, though. It's, it was a product of the way Florida played. I mean, they they were right. just banging their heads through those walls and you know they yeah. finally hit one they couldn't they couldn't punch through yeah because because vegas didn't take it vegas and vegas is the one thing about them that i was really impressed with is their depth i yeah. mean it doesn't matter what line is out there they're producing uh team defense i mean talk about buying in a team buying into a team defensive philosophy yep they did it and they did it to a t 
Um, it I was mean, a they very have their stars, definitely. You know, like right. we got some, Marcia So got the uh, Con Smythe, right? And yep. you know, um, Mark Stone, just amazing. But Great game. You're right. The, the, you know, they had the depth that Florida did not. No, Florida did no. not have you know too much going on without without Matthew Kachuk there. Yeah, without him in the lineup, a completely different team. Yep. And you know, he'll he'll be. Uh, He'll be staying up at night for a considerable future on the fact that he couldn't suit up. Yeah, um, I got a cracked sternum is what I'm reading. Yeah, um, that's what they're saying. He said, you know, his teammates even had to help him get dressed for game four, you know, put his fucking skates on. He and didn't stuff, look good and game four. He no, looked... no. I think he played like, what, six or seven minutes the entire game. Yeah. You know, this comes a point where I get it. You're Matthew Kachuk. You've done, you've done so much to get this team there, but... A Matthew Kachuk at twenty percent should not be taking up a spot on your roster. You got to right. put somebody in there. It was play. the right call. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And uh, you know they they just and Bobrovsky looked just shot in that well, game. Well, that's like, what I was thinking when I said it. Like I thought maybe a shutout. I could see it either way because you know he'll he's been great and uh, you know Bobrovsky. I figured you know this is a chance for him when you need your goalie to steal a game. Can you pick a bigger spot? In the Stanley Cup Finals, facing elimination with your star player out, and I kind of figured, all right, if Bob's never going to go into books as a great goalie, this is the time. This is yeah. where he's going to get a chance to claw them back into this series, uh, buy some time for Matthew to p- possibly get back in the lineup. I don't even know if that was going to be possible now, but um, uh, yeah. So it was kind of a you know a letdown, I'm sure for him. I'm, I'm sure that he wanted yeah, to a hero that game, and he did not. No, not when you. Let in nine. One was an empty netter. You let in eight. Yeah. They put eight past Bobrovsky on a, you know, that was, it, there was a time in that game where it was a little bit close to maybe the first half of the game. Right. And then, like, there was like seven or eight minute stretch in that second period where you just saw Vegas was like, You're, we're winning the cup tonight and there's yep. nothing anybody's going to do about it. And yep. they pinned Florida in their defensive zone. I think one shift they were out there two and a half minutes. They couldn't get the fucking, they couldn't clear the zone, and they ended up scoring on it. And they scored like three in like six or seven minutes real quick. Mm -hmm. And it just was that little bit was just where they turned it on, maybe three lines of just, you know, aggressive pressure in the Florida's defensive zone. uh, They couldn't do anything. And Vegas just skated them into the fucking ground. It was an impressive win. It's that kind of dominance, like in. Putting it down when it counts and holding your your uh, foot on the neck of your enemy and not letting that's them it. up, and that's the kind of thing that when I'm looking at any of these games uh, post devil season, I'm thinking about the Devils and I'm thinking about you know what what do they have to do? Uh, how much further do they have to go to be a cup winning team? You know, because they didn't you know they didn't do bad this year. They exceeded expectations, but I think every honest Devils fan will say yeah, there's a lot of room for growth, and you know that's a great lesson. I, I kind of hope. That the you know um, that some of those lessons are 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 are, are on our to do list for the off season and and just as like the guys we have develop and get that mentality. Well, uh, let me ask you. Let me ask you this. Uh, so we'll pivot over to the Devils because mm-hmm. you know last season they, I think they took everybody, not just their fans, not just management, but the entire NHL by surprise. Um, Absolutely. Especially in the first half of the year. Everybody was like, this is the fucking Devils. And then they played them, and they said, holy shit, this isn't the Devils. They managed to, I think, get a lot of wins uh, just by just sheer surprising the teams. Maybe Absolutely. they were underestimated in a lot of games. Some teams and they flat out said it to the media. I remember yeah. that game early on with the Islanders. They were like, yeah. wow, yeah. we were not um, ready for this. They literally yeah. said that. 
Yeah, it was. Uh, I forget who the hell was that that said mm. that. Um, I can't remember. It wasn't now, Andy Gray? I don't remember. No, it was uh, Matt. Bar- uh, what the hell is his is name? Is it Barzell? Barzell, Mike yeah. Barzell. Yeah, and he, he was shocked at how fast this team was yes. and everything like that. So they they had an amazing year. It was so much fun to watch, and they make the play. Then it's not just they didn't just squeak in. They fucking were third place in the Eastern Conference. Oh yeah, that very close to second team. place. Just right. basically one point, one point, one off point. Of second they, place behind a record-setting NHL point total. So really, yeah. I mean, amazing, amazing. And then you know having a, a great. First round against the Rangers, coming back to nothing, winning in seven against your rivals. And, okay, things kind of fell apart a little bit against Carolina. But all in all, there's the one uh, team. Very heavily, again, underestimated Devils and favored the Rangers, like, by a decent margin. I know there were some guys out there who who called the Devils were a better team. And I know Devils fans knew or or really believed. But, um, you know, they did shock, again, the majority of NHL pundits, you know. Yeah, and and you know you got, <clears throat> excuse me, you get into that series, you 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 know things kind of fell apart a little bit against Carolina, but yes, the out of the sixteen teams that made the playoffs, the one team that even though they lost in the second round, everybody in the world, you know, every media's everything said Devils have a lot to hold their head up on. They had a great great season, right? And now you're getting into. Uh, where they're kind of expected, okay? They're they're now okay. They're the perennial. Are they going to make the playoffs now every year for the next three or four or five years? My question is, they lost they lost a lot of. They're going to end up losing a lot of veterans, a lot of leaders in this locker room. Right. Severson's going to be gone. Well, is gone. Blackwood's going to be gone. Graves is going to be gone. Tatar's going to be gone. Miles Wood's going to be gone. Right. Most likely, all those guys are not going to be here. That's a lot of leadership. That is leaving a lot of veteran guys that came here to help develop these younger dudes and some veteran guys that have been here with the Devils from the beginning, like Severson and Wood. Right. They're going to be gone. It's kind of on the backs now of the Heeshers, the Hughes, the, you know, McLeods and the Mercers and the Palats and Hamilton and those guys. My question to you is this on a scale of one to 10, 10, of course, being the, the highest, how important do you think this coming season is for the Devils franchise and for these young guys? It's huge. It's huge. They're they're they had some of the training wheels uh, that were there last season. They're going to be a good gone. way to put it. You know, some of these guys um, they came in, they had some experience, they were able to kind of give you some leadership uh, continuity between the seasons, and they're going to be gone. And now, well, well of course, we we're going to replace the personnel. But I think way more than last season, we're not going to be looking for as many veterans to replace them. And right. to some extent, even if you did, they they kind of like are not part of the whole story anymore. They're, you know, they're coming on and they can make a big impact in a positive way. So I'm not undercutting it. But most likely some and uh, maybe even the majority of those positions are going to be replaced by, you know, younger players. That's what they're looking at, replacing some of them. You know, we're, we're talking about, oh, maybe Holtz is going to get back in. You know, why? Well, we're talking about having enough money to do the, some of the signings we got. And uh, maybe bringing in a top goalie who, you know, goalies can lead, but in a different kind of way. So, you know, you get yourself a hellebook. He's not going to really fill the shoes of some of that other leadership that's gone. And if we bring some young guys up, uh, that, that's not your leadership anymore. And it's time now to develop, like, our own le- leadership from the core guys, right? So, you know, 
more than any other player uh, that's going to, you know, epitomize how big of a year this is for the Devils. I'll make it a a 9.5. That's how important it is. I mean, it's it's huge. It uh, It's probably going to be Heischer. He, the way he goes this season is the way the Devils are going to go. Uh, is he going to be that consistent leader? He could be the captain and not always the leader, and now he's going to have to take a bigger role because you're going to lose some of that. And, uh, you know, it's it's time for him and some of the other core guys to, to grow up a little bit more and be that self-motivating, okay, this is the way we play, and we, you know, not what we can do, you know, because that was a lot of talk uh, throughout the season. They win, and then, like, they would say stuff after the game, Jack and others, we know what this team can do and this and that. And th- that was very appropriate at the time. But, you know, now it's more like we know how to play our game and, and, and see this. This is who we are. Exactly. Right. right. Exactly. So that identity has to grow this year. Or, you know, or you risk stumbling. You, you, you risk not knowing who you are. Yeah. Uh, you, you could be the out of nowhere. You don't know which way we're going to play tonight, and neither do you. Oh, we're keeping everybody on their toes. But now it's time to grow up, formulate, uh, you know, the, the kind of team you are and, and, and make that – kind of team you know a playoff uh winning you know formula that's 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 the goal and when you you look at um florida and vegas um both of those teams they were built through aggressive trades and um you know not at all through the draft i mean tony had mentioned it on the one time they have one vegas had one guy on their on their roster that they drafted i was kind of shocked by that that's amazing me too and they put all their chips in when they found a guy. And it wasn't like a New York Ranger style, let's go out and get everybody on the trade deadline and then try and win this year. It was right. a, let's get the pieces we think we need and give ourselves two to three years to win a cup. Yeah, None they didn't this, ask, like, who's the biggest name out there right now? Oh, Patrick Kane will take him. Exactly. Take one of him. It, yeah. it was, we can get Mark Stone. And when and they went and, and when they got... Um, Jack Eichel out of uh, from Buffalo, and everybody thought they were crazy. Jack Eichel's done. What are they giving up all this shit for? Jack Eichel could have easily won the Conn Smythe in this. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. all that talk, and I'm happy for Eichel. All that talk about him and McDavid and this and that. Well, you know, McDavid's still trying to get to a cup final. Mm-hmm. This guy's going to be partying with it this summer. So, right. uh, you know, but they built their team in a way of saying, okay, we're going to go out, get these pieces, and in two to three years... If it works, we can possibly win a cup. If it doesn't, we're stuck looking like a bunch of schmucks with, you know, nobody on our team and everybody walks in free agency and we have no money left to sign anybody. Right. Florida did it very similarly too. They did have a little bit more guys, uh, younger guys on, but but not much. The right. Devils are mostly through the draft, yes. um, which is a lot on, you know, Tom Fitzgerald. You know, these are guys and their developmental system. Now, right. like you said, there's guys down below that are going to come in. Like, if you're looking at a free agent to sign and you can sign one free agent, are you looking, if you're Tom Fitzgerald, for a guy to play in the top six or a guy to play in the bottom six? Right. I mean, what what do you think? Well, I'm, you know, I, I got to look at the whole roster over and see what we need most. But I liked what we had from, you know, our fourth line. Uh, but that's all changing, you know, that's, so you're going to need to fill those spots. I mean, most likely Wood's not going to be there. Right. Exactly. You know, you know, you're probably going to have McLeod. Right. Um, we also forgot about Curtis Lazar, who, you know, I feel like we always forget about him. Yes. Uh, there's a guy that on the fourth line can maybe do a little bit of damage. And he looked like one of the better players in the losing series versus Hurricanes. Yes, he did. He was good. 
You know, and then, of course, if you get to sign Hollow, which I think is going to get done, well, he's on the third line, and you you can put Palat with him and then maybe one of the younger kids. But the top six, I mean, if they keep Brat, you know, it's going to be Hughes and Brat, and in no, no particular order of where these guys are going to play. But, you know, Heischer, um, Mercer, Hughes, Meyer, Brat, and who am I missing? Well... Uh, there might be one guy I'm missing in there, but um, you know that's where I think I think then you might need. I would look. I mean, you know, I love the idea of Tyler Bertuzzi or Max Domi or somebody to go in that top six, right? Uh, and play with uh, Hughes. But like the moves now are so much more important because it's like you drafted, and we know that he drafted well. And you know now you got a couple of guys down below like Foot and Thompson and Holtz. Are they going to come in and make an impact? Are you know they going to just be end up being pieces that you're going to deal out at some course over the next couple of years? I think it's a like a ten right now because like what you just said, if they stumble and they falter, they could set this whole thing back a couple of years. Definitely, and you know that's very very scary thought. Um, it, the, it, there's a lot on yeah. the line. Uh, what's the deal with like Sharon Govich? Because I was wondering if that's who we were talking about. Uh, if you were putting him as one of your top six guys to round well, that out. You mentioned Palat, Heischer, Brat, of course Meyer, Mercer, Hughes, Meyer. Mercer. That's six right there. But yeah, you know. well, I had I had Palat down playing did. With, right. with the so, hollow line. Right. Right. So yeah. So there's still a, a winger spot open. I I think that Igor Sharangovich deserves another chance. I am not willing to give up on him for having one crappy year. Um, I think he does bring a lot. I think he's very good defensively. He can play the penalty kill. He's got a nasty wrist shot. Um, if he can just kind of work out, I don't know what was missing this year. I don't. I, I, to me, it seemed like it was his drive, just his overall. You know, just uh, being out there like he didn't give a shit. It was very lazy play sometimes. It was tough. It was. I, I was trying to figure him out myself. Um, really, through a lot of part different parts of the year, I kind of think like the best case scenario you can look for him is that he doesn't really know where he fits in this team, and like maybe some players, mm. you know, with the the constant line changes, uh, they do worse than others with it. Some players see it as a motivation, or they like to change. I don't know that Sharon Govich did. Maybe that's what he needs is to find some early success and be able to stick where he is. You know, I don't know uh, because he he, does, he has a great upside. I love it. And when he plays a good two way game, he's very responsible. Um, and then you know the scoring is amazing when he can do it. But you know, there's so many games where he's just not there. And and then you know that you know he's had some really bad defensive games too. Uh, which so yeah, I... this is make or break year for him as well. I would like to see if they bring Sharon Govich back. I would like to see him on a line, maybe that fourth line with Michael McLeod. Right. I would like to see him maybe take the place of Miles Wood in that. You know, I know he's not a banger like Wood and all that, but just that bigger because he's a big dude. You know, can be responsible, can score you timely goals, and be able to play with McLeod. Um, uh, you know, against some of the best forward lines of the opposition. I think that he might be best suited to be a bottom six dude, maybe play with McLeod, maybe with, uh, you know, a foot who I think has got a lot of upside. I think foot can make this team. I mean, the little bit we saw him last season, I thought that he played very good. He was responsible. He had a couple of big goals too, 
for the Devils. I'd like to see him come up and make the team or like a Lazar on that line with them. Um, I think now the Devils, if they get the deals done with Sharon Govich and with Boquist, is it Boquist or Bastion that's up? I'm not sure. I think it's... I think it's, uh, I could check that. Yeah, I think it's Bastion. But if they can get those deals done, then it gives us a lot of depth. And that is something this team is definitely going to need. As far as the bottom six guys, it definitely gives us a, a lot of depth. Um, I don't know if they're going to be too uh, big on you know going out in the free agency market. I really don't. I haven't heard any rumblings. We all know that Connor Hollebuck is, you know, as far as a trade goes, he wants out of Winnipeg. But I've read about five or six different teams that are interested in him, and nobody's mentioned the Devils. Right. So and, and back and to what you were saying earlier, Bastion is uh, an RFA this year. Yeah. So I mean, you got to lock him up if if you know you feel like you can get him at a good price point. I mean, he's not going to cost you a lot. I, I tell you what, he's like... he's been costing us a lot already. I was uh, more than I really realized. Um, the first year wasn't bad of, of the two year contract, six million. Uh, six million. Yeah. Year, uh, no. year, yearly cash cap hit of. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Six hundred. How about, how about a decimal point? <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's extremely affordable. I'm yeah, like, what is yeah, this? he's under a million, right? Yes, he is. Yeah, so I mean that that's that. I think you get that done, and eyes. you have a guy, <laughs> you know, good guy in the bottom six. Um, yes, I like Bastion, and I like Boquist. I like a lot of these dudes, but mm-hmm. I I do think it's it, the time has now come to where, like we said earlier. You can't lean on those veterans anymore. You 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 kind of you had them. Now you still have the Halla and Palat and Hamilton and those guys, of course. But most of it is this homegrown talent. Is you know the guys that have been drafted and developed through this system, and I think you really have to start relying on now. The thing that scared me the most about the Hollabuck conversation is that I keep seeing Carolina's name popping up. Right and. If the Hurricanes get Connor Hollebuck, they oh are going to be a very hard team to beat. Absolutely. I, I, I thought throughout the series that the weakest point was goaltending for them. Mm-hmm. They had a great team. Um, and, you know, they, they, he actually had a pretty good playoffs, uh, Anderson. But, you know, um, and the, with Hollebuck instead, uh, I, I see them advancing further than they did this year. Yeah. And I also saw, you know, UC Soros' name in a lot going out uh, for Nashville. And Nashville has said that to even start the conversation, they're looking at two ones and two twos. Right. So maybe somebody will go out and give them that. But I know the Devils can. I mean, we don't even have a first-round pick going into nope. this draft. Nope, that takes us out of it. With the Severson move, it ended up giving us a third-rounder. So now we have a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, a sixth. Yeah. And I think a seventh. Uh, I you know I don't think uh, I don't know if I'd want to give them up for Soros. Uh, you no. know I, I honestly think they're asking too high. But uh, and I do think maybe Hellebuck. That it, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean the, the Hellebuck deal. I mean I love Connor Hellebuck, and I, I know people are talking about his age and everything like that, which I think is ridiculous. Like yeah. when did how old was uh, Dominic Hasek when he got traded to Detroit? I think yeah. he was. I think he was like. Late thirties, close to forty. Yeah, late thirties. I think maybe like, I mean, I can look it up, but he was he was older. Uh, you know, Wa played great up until he retired, which was late. Um, you know, usually the goalies start later and they finish their careers later, but things might be changing with the style of play that's been done. Uh, right, a little bit. You know, it is definitely harder on their bodies now than ever. I think that Dominic Hasek 
Yeah, so Hashik uh, was drafted. His first year he played was 1990-91. So 10 years later, he was traded to Detroit in June of 2001. So he wasn't as old as I'm saying. He was definitely like 30, probably, oh, 30, wow. early 30s. Um, if that's right, uh, yeah, it's got to be. And then he did the... Uh, won the cup in the first year there, and then I think he went to Ottawa for a year. I think he played like two in Detroit, went to Ottawa for a year, then went back to Detroit, won another cup in like 06, right. 07 or something. So by 06, 07, he had to have been pushing 40, yes. close to it. Um, you know, Connor Hollibuck's 30, and you're not looking to sign the guy to an eight-year deal. You're looking to maybe get him for four years, top. Yeah, four years, five years even. You know, that that'd be right in the wheelhouse where he – you should be actually hitting some of his his best uh, stuff. I mean, um, you can win the whole thing with a 20-year-old goalie, but it doesn't happen very often. And the thing that I kind of feel with the Devils now, we're talking about the amount of veteran guys that are going to be departing the team and whether or not they could stumble a little bit with kind of being left at their own devices a little bit more that's part of the reason why I feel like it is a necessity to get a solid guy in the pipes. Mm-hmm. Because if things, you know, you, you are going to be starting two, most likely, two basic rookies on your blue line in Nemec and Hughes. You're going to be bringing up maybe, you know, one or two guys from Utica that are going to be starting in this lineup. You're going to have, yeah, we know what we're going to get from our top guys. We know Meyer's going to produce and Hughes and Heischer and Mercer. Those guys are all going to produce and Hollow's going to be very good and we know that. But the blue line, I think, is going to be very good down the road. But having that strong guy in net every single night, That's gonna help. I think, yeah. can do a lot for this team's confidence and growth from here on out. Um, I would, again, I don't know if they're going to do it. I haven't even heard you know, uh, Devil's name brought up in the Connor Hollebuck situation. But I just think the other guy that's out on the market, it looks like the Flyers are looking to trade Carter Hart. Mm. And I really like Carter Hart, but I can't see any way that Philadelphia trades him to New Jersey. That I mean, when's the last time that went down that we were able to make a trade uh, for, of I any consequence, know. especially of a goaltender? I mean... Yeah, they're not going to trade a guy that's going to help, you know, a team in their division uh, win a cup. Yeah, that's going to be a tough sell for them. Um, Yeah. Yeah, you know, I wonder about the defense, too. Like, you brought him up, and we know we've got some awesome guys down in the pipeline. We see the emergence of Luke Hughes, uh, and, you know, it's looking like the future is bright. But we're losing uh, what I thought was a pretty solid guy in Graves. Um, I would like to replace him with somebody who's even more solid. Uh, we're losing a veteran in Severson, which maybe is for the you know the best, or you know for to be become a little bit more defensively responsible. But I am concerned, like they need to not just bring the guys up. I would like to see them add uh, a, a responsible defensive defenseman who's a leader. Uh, that would be huge on this team right now. Maybe even as or more important than the goalie to help them out is at least uh, one defensive leader. But it's tough because when you look at all the guys you want to bring up, you don't have a lot of room. And But you're, kind of, you're absolutely right on that. Like if you look at that defensive core right now, and if we're talking about Hamilton, Luke Hughes, Marino, right. Nemec, Siegenthaler, and Ball, who's the defensive leader on that squad? Uh, you know, it, you would think maybe, oh, it's, it's got to be Hamilton because he's, you know, just, I don't think so. 
Hamilton is a little bit more offensive minded than you know the role I'm talking about here. Uh, I'm not even going to mention like a Scott Stevens type. No, nothing that drastic, but you know, like somebody who's going to be a responsible defensive defenseman and, and give that whole defensive core, you know, the responsibility edge, you know, like the, um, you know, set the tone for the whole defensive core, the leadership. And they don't really have one there. Uh, and with so many young guys, that's a problem. Um, that's what I worry about. I don't know if Siegenthaler falls into that role. Maybe. I, I still don't see that from him. He's that. I don't either. No, what about Marino? Sometimes, uh, you know, Marino's like that quiet, leads-by-example guy. As he yeah. gets older, he might just be that guy. I mean, he can do anything. He's been great. Um, but his I don't demeanor, know. Marino's demeanor, and I'm not comparing his play at all, but his demeanor on the ice reminds me of very Scott Niedermeyer. Yes, ex- I know exactly who you were going to say. Yes. Um, and, 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 and Niedermeyer was a lot of great things, but he didn't really have that, you know, I'm I'm the leader. Listen to me, kind of, of right. uh, demeanor about him. And these are those weird intangibles. It's hard to say 100, percent but that you get the impression after following the team that some guys just take that role up, and other guys, you know, they they do their job, and and that's where it kind of ends. But no, um, I, I think that's a definitely a, a very good point you make, and it is something to definitely think about because yeah, there really isn't a guy on that blue line that can be that leader for those defensemen. And, uh, you know, what I was saying about a a goalie, you make the point about another D-man on there. And, yeah, it's hard because where do you put him? Right. But, but, I mean, if you don't feel like maybe maybe you feel Nemec can get more use down in Utica for one more year, maybe it'll help. Maybe you just, you know, uh, sit ball a lot and you rotate ball and Siegenthaler or whatever. I mean, you do what you can, but that would not be a bad move. Or you trade one of the guys. Yeah, you know, I mean, you make a move and you trade Siegenthaler or, you know, somebody like that. Um, yeah, you know, I like Siegenthaler. I mean, he did cost us the overtime goal against Carolina, but yep. you know, we're going to forget about that. Yeah, but, he, you know, he, he overall he was a, he was a, a net plus for this team this year, no doubt. But you know, yeah, you're right. Like, where do we get that from, and where does yeah. he go, and who does he replace, and uh, who is he? Uh, you know, these are tough questions that uh, I'm sure the Devils are looking to answer, but. I would love to know, uh, you know, who they're thinking about for that role or what the long-term plan is. Are they going to see how it goes and, and search to make a trade if they don't like the way the defense is shaken down, that they lack that leadership, go and get it? Um, does that worry you know. at all? With it sure the, does. With just how good the Metropolitan Division is, that if you yes. stumble even a little bit, you, you're, you could be playing catch-up the whole rest of the season. Absolutely. And then, you know, the other thing to me is now that we've been there, it is not about making the playoffs anymore. It's about right. advancing in the playoffs. And that's where those are two different questions. You can make the playoffs and then have little hope of passing the first or second round. Uh, you know, like a lot of teams have been stuck in that position for years, you know, Toronto's and others. Um, that's that's one thing. And that's what we couldn't even do for the last 10 years. Now we've, we've done that. And, I, you know, we all expect that. The next thing now is, is going deep. And, and this is a great time of year to think about what that means because we're just watching it in front of us. We're, we're looking at the conference finals. We're watching the, the cup final. And we're seeing teams playing at a different level. Part of that is like that, you know, that 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 element that's missing from the defensive core that kind of helps the whole defensive strategy of the team, you know. So um, I, I think that if we don't make a move on that or have it develop organically with the guys we got, like, much faster than I think it's likely. 
uh, that it's going to be a hole going into the playoffs. And that's kind of troubling knowing that that was a hole last year, you know. So I would love to see, uh, you know, some kind of move to make that uh, close that gap. That, that could be huge for this team. Uh, you know, defense wins. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the things that they did last year, you're right, defense does win. And a lot of the things that they did, like last year, you forget, like they had a big-time problem with letting goals up late in periods Absolutely. and letting teams crawl back in, having a two-goal lead. And you said it before, Vegas was just picture-perfect in not letting a team come up for air. The Devils didn't do that. They would sit yeah. back a little bit more and, like, look, if you have a two-goal lead going into the third, you're doing something right. Keep doing it. Yes. Uh, keep your foot on the gas. That's something that I think the team has to learn a little bit and get better at. And these defensive lapses. Now, maybe the answer is just Nemec and Hughes. Maybe those two are that freaking good. Yes. Um, I know that the little bit that we saw Luke Hughes this year, to me, he was our best fucking defenseman. He was. And you saw him develop. Like, he developed the way some players take years by the game. You're by right. the game. He looked like, he, you know... The first-year player, he may even met, coughed up the puck, it cost a goal, but he showed some brilliance in that first game. Second game, he, he looked way more experienced. You know, by the third game, he's not making mistakes anymore, and he's taking chances that pay off, and not taking chances when it really is, you know, could could bite you. I mean, it was amazing. So I really do think that, yeah, it's very possible we don't need to to go outside. And, you know, if, if I'm Fitzgerald, I mean, I might want to be like, okay, I don't know if this is an offseason move I want to make because we do have to see how this defense looks. But they do have to get more responsible in clutch situations, like you said, late late periods, early periods, the stuff that was hurting us. Um, and, you know, and if they can and they're looking good there, that's that's great. So much the better. And then, you know, they have to deal with, I mean, Schmidt might be the guy. Again, I think there's so many questions going into this season. And another person that we lost that can be, that was, I think, instrumental in the season we had was Andrew Burnett. Yes. Um, You know, now he's gone. Who's going to take his place? Now, granted, our power play for the last two years has not been anywhere where it should be as far as a team of this caliber. Uh, right. The offensive guys that are on this team, we should be doing so much better on the power play. So maybe whoever they bring in will be, uh, a, you know, somebody that can get that power play going. Andrew Burnett had a hard time last year. Mark Recchi the year before was dog shit. So you know who's gonna now they're you know a little bit older, a little bit wiser, much better players. The additions of Timo Meyer, uh, and and if you get him locked up, which I think is going to get done, but that team offensively can be very scary but you are also playing a lot of teams that are very good offensively and you know but you saw how it changes how the playoffs completely change the mold of your team and you have to be built that way so team defense is everything you have to be able to roll four lines because when look at florida when their main guys got injured they had nothing um you can't rely on those guys you have to rely on you know um, the guys that we have and our depth guys, and that's why I think some of these younger dudes in Utica are going to be um, very important for this team later on in the season. But I mean, you look at the Metro, you look at how much better the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference in general is going to be, and yeah, they should be right there. But this is a huge year. Yep. Last year was run on a lot of emotion, mm-hmm. a lot of you know. This is now things are expected of you. 
Yep. How's this team going to react? How's Lindy going to get this team ready every single night for 82 games when you are yep. now every team that plays you is saying we're playing the freaking Devils and they're going to give their best every single game. Oh yeah. Definitely. So. Uh, they're, they're becoming a yardstick when before, you know, it was just the opposite. Um, what do you think about the Burnett question? He's He's gone. You know, we were talking a little bit about this in a previous show. Uh, did we get somebody in-house to replace him? Um, I would think, like, the Devils are a great draw for some good coaching. Lindy's not going to be around forever. So just like Burnett was supposed to, uh, you know, secede him, um, you know, maybe that didn't work out for him. He got a better offer. And you know what? That's another reason, too. You know, you, you, you stick with Lindy a year, and he wants to do one more year. You might just get a great job offer anyway. Um, but I would think that, you know, they're a good draw for somebody who wants to coach a team, uh, you know, in the immediate future. And uh, I'm, I'm wondering if there's some talent-wise out there that is, is going to be available to this team that wouldn't be available to other teams. You know? Well, it's a good point. I don't know who's out there, but it makes a lot of sense. A young guy that you know is looking to get his foot in the door. Devils are a prime team, like you said. We have a two hundred year old coach and a team mm-hmm. ready to pop. Right. So you know, no, Lindy's not going to coach this team forever. Um, I would have really liked Andrew Burnett sticking around. Maybe it's Sergey Breland. Maybe it's somebody in the you know. Down in Utica, maybe it's a Kevin Deneen, maybe it's somebody we don't even know. But I agree with you. And I think this organization right now is very appealing to anybody, whether right. you're a free agent or a coach or a player. I can, you know, why would you not want to play in Jersey right now when everything looks like it's going to be going really good for a couple of years, for a long time? Um, you know, unless there's and, something uh, maybe that we are not aware of. Like, I was wondering about. Burnett leaving and you know he got the head coaching gig he wanted so that's great but you know why would he want to not why wouldn't he want to do just one more year as an assistant is it really that big of a difference to him or was he you know like maybe he was not doing as much as he wanted to maybe mm-hmm. some of those line changes were not his idea and he was not on board and he didn't want to like yeah you know, I would love to know that because that Same what are key impl- implications for this upcoming year to see what was the actual reasons he left? I would love like a fly on the wall exit interview with him. I, you know, like I really is it just better it opportunity, was... or is there maybe like a little bit of a problem where he's like, I don't know, man, I don't want to work with Lindy next year. It, it, I'm not saying that's know. true. I'd but... love to know the answer to that. Right. Um, I, I don't know if we ever will. Nah, probably. Uh, not. You know, you'll you'll learn about 20 years from now when you know. Jack and Nico are retired and doing their podcast circuit and everything, you know, and telling right. all their stories like Gomez does. Uh, you know, there's so much shit that I found out about all those teams that won the Cups and yes. stuff that I had no idea about. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, and, and just mainly how much they fucking partied. Yes. Yep. Like, I think they were pretty much drunk the entire season long. <laughs> I think it's less of that these days, too. These guys are, like, too... Uh, I don't know. They train like so hard, like yeah. constantly. Uh, I'm sure they go out and have their fun once in a while, but I think the further back in time you go, the more those guys are just wild dogs and they just yeah. partied and had fun. Now, you know, we're talking about the Devils having, you know, some expectations and things, a little bit more pressure going into this year and how are they going to handle it. Who do you think has, like, what teams off the top of your head do you think have a lot of pressure on them going into next season? Because I kind of feel like, to me, it's Edmonton. 
Like, yeah. if Edmonton cannot get Connor McDavid a cup, or at least close to one. It's starting to become panic time for that, right? Yeah. That's and how long until he decides, yeah, if they, I think he has like two or three more years left on his contract, but if they don't do it in two or three more years, it, well, let's just say two years if they don't do it, because if McDavid says, you know, I don't think, I don't know if I'm going to sign like Edmonton. him, he can walk whenever he wants to. Yeah, he but can I'm pull saying that Patrick Wall and be like Edmonton him, will know. Edmonton will trade him before yes. they let him walk, and they'll get a haul for him. Absolutely. Um, but like, that's the last thing I think you want to think about if you're Edmonton is losing Drysaddle or McDavid. But like, you have to do something with that team to get it to where they they got to be able to advance. I mean. I thought that it was uh, the goaltending uh, last year, and then this year Sweeney played great. He Not did. Sweeney, Sweeney Skinner. Uh, Skinner. They had, uh, I think, you know, defensive problems. They yes, they, you know. And they had Evander Kane was out for a lot this year, and, and they stuff, were kind of not getting much production out of the you know the entire team. They were, they were t- top heavy. Yes. Yes, they are. But, like, they got to do something. I feel like they have a lot of pressure on them right now because you're going to, you know, it's only it, it's only going to be a matter of time till McDavid starts looking around at other teams and starts making it known that he's looking around at other teams. And I think the fact that Jack Eichel won the uh, Stanley Cup last night, I think that burns his ass a little bit because his whole career yep. he was compared to Jack Eichel. Right. And he always had, you know, nobody would have picked Connor McDavid over Jack Eichel. But you want to know something in the playoffs? I'm going to take Jack Eichel right now. Right now. Because he had right. an amazing playoff. I know. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it, that's that's a tough one to beat, Edmonton. I'm just trying to think about who would be in the East uh, with that much pressure on them. Well, there's places where there's always crazy pressure, and, and one of them is Toronto. Right. And, and you know, like, it, it, but it's almost, you know, such a running joke. They did get out of the first round, so I guess they're looking at progress. Maybe people are going to be optimistic, but you know, they, 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 every every time they have this, uh, you know, star player that they're building around, whether it's Matt Sundin or others, it just never breaks through for them. And, and they just watch it all start to fade. That player gets a little older, it gets antsy and wants to wants out. So. Matthews, you know, like, is he going to stick around forever? So that's probably well, the closest analogy to Edmonton. I actually just read today that Toronto has not approached Austin Matthews for an extension. So, like, or, wow. or you know, he should have been the first thing that they tried to do this offseason. Well, maybe he's haven't. let it known that he doesn't want one. You know, I don't know. Possibly. I mean, that would have gotten out for Toronto, but I didn't hear that. But it is possible. But you're, you're right. Toronto has a ton of pressure on them like they do every year. But now it is... Kind of okay. You won a round. You showed you can actually win a little right. bit. Now go get a cup. I think Boston has a lot of pressure on them, uh, yeah. and I think they're going to be nowhere near as good as they were. I think that they're going to lose Bergeron and Krejci and Sway- uh, Swayman and Hall. I think they're going to lose a lot of guys, and I don't see them being anywhere near. Now, a lot of those perennial teams from the east that are always in the playoffs i think now they do have a lot more pressure on them with carolina even the rangers right um you know whose window is you know they had a very small window only lasts about three years but it's starting to close and you know they just brought in peter peter lavalette to take over right i that kind of confuses me a little bit like i know it's the rangers and they went and got 
Peter Laviolette. They recycle guy. This is a fifth Metropolitan Division team he has coached. Yes. Like, He's I remember everywhere. when he was the, like, Islanders. 31-year-old skinny little yes. guy, youngest coach in the league in Hartford, you know, and, and like, this, this coaching phenom coming in. Now he's just this old fat dude who's coached forever and coached every team. Right. Like, you're the Rangers. You went out and got Peter Laviolette. Like, that's... I don't know. It just seemed like not a Ranger play. I, I felt like, you know, when I saw that, I'm like, well, they had to do something. This is what, all they could get right now. And that's yeah, it. it might have been down to lack of options. I really thought they were waiting to the end of the season to see about uh, Quenville and whether or not he was going to get reinstated and then try and get him. Yeah, because I wouldn't think they'd shy away from him with the... Uh, no, you they know, don't give a shit. They, they're the Rangers. They, they wouldn't mind that. They've had... You know, personalities like that before, and, yeah. and people with baggage and shit. Um, and they were clearly going after uh, Burnett. You know, you could say on a much smaller scale, had his own stuff going on. I don't know. Uh, it, yeah, I don't think that coaching move makes a lot of sense. But here's the thing: it, what is the coaching move for that team? That that team is built by the GM who says, "Give me that. I want that. I'll pay for that." And now, how do you coach with that mentality from the GM? Who wants to coach that team? You know, you're if right. you're a serious coach looking at building a powerhouse team, being part of a, you know, this is a horrible uh, organization for you. Um, I really do believe that. You know, you got a disparate, like very big ego personalities thrown together on this team. Um, not really good focus on the pieces you need. It was just what was the big name at that moment. That's how the Rangers build. And then here, go coach him. I got, I got you an expensive team here. Go win me a cup. Like I just feel like the Dolans, and it's just I don't, I wouldn't want to work for that ownership. Um, I don't like the way they, they have, to, they feel like they have to always go for the biggest name out there at that time because they're New York and they, yeah. they have to, you know, they got that media scrutiny and that's the way it's going to be. I wouldn't want to coach there. And they've just been so goddamn lucky with their goaltending over the course of the last 20, 30 years. It's kind of years. amazing, right? Like, right? I, I don't, you'd like to give them some kind of credit for it because how do you get lucky that often? But how? They've had, had no consistency with, you know, goaltending, coaching, drafting, nothing. And, and no other position. Right, exactly. But, it's the only position they can draft. And yeah. It's, it's just, yeah, kind of really lucky. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Shesterkin's been amazing. But, you know, even before he emerged and he was fighting it out with Georgiev, you know, Georgiev or whatever, uh, I, I thought it was like, how does this team end up with these goaltending problems? They're good yeah. problems to have. Uh, yep. Most teams don't have that situation. And, you know, as double fans, we never envied anything with them with goaltending because we were sitting in the land of, you know, Martin Brodeur. But after that era ended and you came back down to reality, you saw, like, most teams, the goalie situation is a perennial pain in the ass. Is yep. your guy good enough? Is he the guy? You know, there are very few the man the man out there. You know, in this league right now, it's you know it's almost almost no one right now. I mean, with uh, you look at Vasilevsky, you know, yeah, you probably still want him on your team going into next year if you can get him, definitely. But, but he's, he's not the Vasilevsky he was nope, five years ago. He's no. not, and all these guys we're in the era of like flashes in the pan. Like, will we see this year Stanley Cup finding? final uh, goaltenders uh, do anything next year? That's an open question. I mean, there's so many of that. you know, it, it, you know, Ben had a great year, then what happened, you know? 
I think Bobrovsky is not the answer in Florida. Right. Um, you know, especially through a course of an 82-game season and a, a playoff run. And it's, first of all, to, to get back to where Florida was is so difficult. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the fact that most of these guys, a lot of these guys need surgeries and shit now that this team's not even going to be put together when the season starts. But you just lost in embarrassing fashion. You literally got beaten up and embarrassed in front of the entire world. Now you have to go through the off season, only hearing about Vegas winning the cup. Then you got to go through a fucking eighty-two game schedule, and it was think back to the dog fight that it was that you got there this year. It is a lot for a team to now say, okay, we're going to come back and do it. Now with Matthew Kachuk, they might. I mean, I can't stand the guy, but he's fucking ridiculously good. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be really hard for them. And then you have in the Metro, I mean, in the Eastern Conference alone, between we talked about a little bit, Buffalo and Detroit and Ottawa. All these, these teams, teams are going to wake up next year to some extent or another. If anybody thinks Buffalo is going to be a sleeper like next year, like a, a pushover, you're crazy. Right. They're going to be really freaking good. And I will not be surprised if they make the playoffs. Um, you know, I'd love to see a little bit of a changing of the guard. You know, I'd love mm-hmm. to see that the Devils and the Buffalo and the Red Wings and Ottawa and, you know, Columbus get into that race again to where, you know, we're starting to play, get some rivalries going with those guys. Yeah, um, definitely. I don't think that in this coming year, I'm, I think it's going to be a freaking dogfight. And that's part of the reason why the Devils can't afford any stumbling. Like, they really have to just, you know, and I'm not saying they got to win every game, no, but they have to be at least, you don't want to be like Florida where you had to basically win out your last two weeks of the season to get in and be playing at that high level for so long and then try and do a two-month-long push. The really good teams are the ones that can kind of take a little bit of a break in March, you know, and then kick it back on. Like, how many times do you see, like, everyone, oh, the Lightning are stumbling into the playoffs, and they get there, and they win the Cup? Because right. they kind of pace themselves a little bit. They secure their place. They know they're going to make it. Probably going to be a top-six team. Don't have to deal with a wild card. Let's just kind of fine-tune a little bit through March, and then you go in full bore in April. And it's much easier said than done. It's a difficult thing to do. But well, I think Tampa everybody's going to be, like, log-jammed with low point totals this year. Yeah. Last year, you know, Boston got all the points, you know, uh, and and Hurricanes had a lot of points. Uh, Devils had a lot of points. The reason they had all these points is you had all these doormat teams. They're not going to be doormats anymore. Yeah. So that leaves everybody with, like, a very close amount of points. You know, you're going to be, uh, you know, it's going to be really hard to just say, well, you know, here's some easy points coming my way tonight. No problem. It's, it's going to be tough. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think the Devils are going to be... Uh, if the moves are made, the right moves are made this, this offseason, and we get the people signed that we need to get signed, mainly Meyer and Holla, and, you know, they explore a little bit of free agency. I like the idea a lot of a a veteran leader-type defenseman. I think that is a very good idea and something that this team probably... Most people might not realize that they need, but when you really stop and think about it, they yeah. do need that. Yeah. Um, I'm very concerned about the goaltending situation, but I am willing to go with Schmidt. I mean, he's the guy now. Yeah. He's If you can't make a great deal on Hellebuck or you know, a great deal on Soros, and it looks like great deal is going to be tough to come by, I, I don't know what choice you have right now. But You and, don't and have any. You could be in worse shape. I mean, Schmidt is still... 
I think he's very promising. He's done he's done uh, pretty much everything you asked him to do last season. Um, and I, so, you know, I'm, I'm okay with that if that's the best move on the table right now. But I think you have more options with defense. I don't know what they are exactly, but I feel like there's just by the numbers got to be somebody out there could be that steadying presence. So that would help out a lot too. Well, let's take a quick peek before we wrap up the show and see top NHL defensive free agents. In 2023. All right. We have Matt Dumba. Yep. That's one of the guys we talked about, uh, I think it was last week, right? Uh, yeah. We went over, and that's a that's a good call. I mean, he's been around a while. How about this guy? It. Shane Gostenbear. Yeah. Um, he was the one I was most hot on. I think we brought up a list of about five players, and it wasn't just defensemen. But I just liked him maybe a little bit disproportionately than I should just because I saw how well he played against the Devils uh, with Carolina. This is, uh, I mean, right now he is taking on a $4.5 million cap hit, so he's expensive. Right. Um, let's see. We, well, <laughs> Ryan Graves. I mean, is that another option, just signing Ryan Graves for another year? Well, is he the guy? Yeah, I mean, I I was kind of like framing it as if we're going to lose him, okay, we got to replace. So, but you're right. Maybe the answer is don't lose Ryan Graves because there isn't anybody better on that uh, the, market. You know, I well, that's possible. I mean, Ryan Graves right now uh, it says here he'll be. I'm trying to just look at his money and see because they had it on the other ones. And what is he really going to be asking for? Um, it says here, Graves will be 28 this summer. His age lines up quite well for a potential payday. Right. He isn't having a strong want a season. Long tra- a long contract. You know, we were it talking about Severson. He maybe wants, you know, something like six to eight years at minimum. You know, that's that's going to be tough to accommodate. Yeah, but it doesn't have any what he's looking for. But you're right. He's probably going to be looking for money like Severson got. Um, another guy is Dmitry Orlov, Washington. Yeah. He's, he's out there. Um, he's, uh, let's see, holding the 5.1 million average. Mm-hmm. Um, Vlachisov Gavrikov. I don't know much about Gavrikov no, from neither. Columbus. Um, let's see, sitting at, uh, it says here, a trade to a contender in a deep playoff run will be do wonders for Gavrikov's stock heading into free agency, but but yeah, they didn't do that. Dmitry Kulikov from Anaheim, and yeah. uh, he's a free agent. Uh, so those all, are the, the names we want that we're going over. Are all pretty pricey. I'm running a couple of them. Orlov's like like five million a year on average. Yeah. What did Graves have last year? He was. I just had him up too. Let's see. Uh, yeah, it was similar money. I think it was like well, maybe a little less. Let's see. No, no. He was actually a much better deal. Let's see. I'm only going up to 18 here. Hold on. Oh, there we go. There we go. 19, 20, 23. Yeah, he was more like 3 mil. Right around 3, 3 million? Mil. Yep. 3.1, 3.16. Um, right. You know, that's what he averaged. Uh, the, the cap hit on him was 3.16 for the last three years, 2020 to 2023. I like the Gavrikov idea. 
Yeah, now I'm not sure where he find, fits in. Um, He's 6'3", 221 pounds. Now, That's it nice. said in the last one that we looked at, it said that he was with uh, Anaheim. But this is saying that he's with uh, Los Angeles. So I'm not sure what I was looking at before. But maybe I was looking at a wrong year on the free agents. Maybe those... No, because it had Ryan Graves on there. So no, and New Jersey. Yeah, no, so that's, no, that's he's correct. available. Yeah. yeah, he's a free agent. But uh, it says that he played for the Kings. The other one said he was playing. Unless he was traded to the Kings this year from Anaheim. But I couldn't see those two making a trade like that. But... Um, I, I mean, he can't be that much money and he's a big dude and, you know, he's played pretty good. Maybe that's the kind of guy, you know, you think about bringing in, but you know, any of those guys. Yeah. Uh, You know, he's kind of a slight guy, so you don't notice it. I was just looking at Graves listing, you know, they got him at six, five. He, wow. That tall. That's what he's listed here at six, five, two twenty, Cause he is a slight guy. Two twenty is pretty thin at six, five, but, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I was like kind of shocked. I would have guessed he's a little bit. We need a more physical defensive, mm-hmm. some more physical defenseman. We definitely do, and maybe you know, maybe Hughes and Nemec will be that. But you're not going to get that from Hamilton, even though he's you know six foot eight. Uh, you yeah, you're going to get play that way. You know, Ball is kind of getting there. He, I think, I think a couple more years, Ball can Definitely. be that guy. He could be. He he was probably our most tenacious uh, stay at home defenseman. Um, that, but you know, it's, he does not have the experience yet. You're right. But he, you saw his growth a lot from the regular season Huge. into the playoffs. Huge. Yeah. I mean, and we were actually kind of disappointed. Uh, yeah. I would say midway through the season, like, oh man, we really wanted this Kevin Ball guy to work out. He's got great, you know, physical stats and he's, uh, succeeded on lower levels. Uh, it's not working out, you know? And then all of a sudden, he really started gelling. It was really wasn't until like the home stretch, right? We were into like maybe April before we started seeing him play more yep. and more consistently. And then playoffs, he was fantastic. Oh yeah, and just, uh, started using his, his physicality more, started mm-hmm. making some bigger hits and getting some guys lined up. I like, I love the future of this blue line. I yes. I absolutely love it. Uh, this year does make me a little bit not not so much nervous, just really curious to see how it's going to play out because right. I think they are good enough to be there, and I think that they this team and I love watching the, the finals last night and seeing you know that they're only one guy through the draft in in that Vegas, and I'm thinking of this right. Devil team, and it's like man, they built this team now. Vegas might not ever win another Stanley Cup. And that's I, fine. They I got know, this one. I, was, I do wonder about that when you when you build like that by not growing, but you know picking a good. That's that's so tough to consistently do. I mean, it, you, you have, can't nah. you can't do it because eventually you know you have to pay the bill. Eventually right. it comes due, and those guys are gonna you know all those guys now are pricing themselves out, and there there's really no. I don't know how much loyalty there really is, but there's really, you know what I mean? Like they came here, they played a couple of years, they won a cup. Now I'm going to go someplace else for a big payday or I'm going to try and win another cup with these guys or whatever. You look at the majority of our guys and especially with that nucleus of what our team should be in the next couple of years, it's all homegrown talent. Yes. Which is, you know, exactly how we won three cups in however many years, you know, eight years was through homegrown talent. I think you know, that's plug. the best way to get a longer, you know, yes. a, let's, a, let's say dynasty approaching kind of run at it for sure. Um, we have seen that that 
that formula before where we're going to piece together a team and it, it actually works out. But it, you, like you said, never really is consistently able to repeat that. So you you have a lot more um, at stake in the, the short term if it doesn't work out. Um, if it comes like you know Florida might you know they did it. They went out and they got Kachuk. They they got some big names. Uh, they brought in and it didn't work out. Rangers did it. It didn't work out. If it doesn't work out. I, you know, eventually you just kind of keep recycling old dudes and plugging them in, and every yes. year is the same thing. The Devils can build a consistent, and you see it with a lot of teams that have drafted well. I think L.A. has done very well with their draft, and right. I think, um, you know, even Carolina is not a team that goes out there and gets the flashy names. They build from no. within. They'll, they get free agents coming that want to play there. Um, I don't know how... I don't know what team probably has the most homegrown guys starting, but the Devils have to be in there. Um, oh, definitely, they, definitely. Um, you know, yeah. And hopefully, the pieces that they brought in, like Meyer, are going to you know stick around long term and be a part of this. Yeah, because even with you know the homegrown uh, you know method, you're still going to take a significant portion of your team, uh, you know, through free agency, and that's going to be. Uh, interesting to see because now this is such a like a make or break year not just for the devils like you were asking earlier but for Fitzgerald I mean he was maybe the 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 best GM out there last season so now he's got to kind of match that in a much trickier situation right yeah you got these guys that hey you're like hey we got a team we can win now let's do it let's pursue them and the uh, at the trade deadline, and you get your man, and now you got to keep him, and that's tough. Yeah. It's like you, you hook the fish, but can you land it? And uh, that's that's a tough one. And then being also, it's very tough, and being also that the window for this team is just open. How aggressive does Tom Fitzgerald want to be? You yeah, know, you can't sell thing. off everything right. for, you know, you would be trading a possible, you know, five to ten year dynasty for a two, three year looking, you know, strong, ready to win now, hopefully. Cross our now, fingers. Yeah. And I mean, if they, if, they, if, if they truly have the faith in Schmid and Vanacek to run this thing through 82 games and get us deep into the playoffs and win a Stanley Cup, if they believe that, and I, I, I don't believe in Vanacek, so I'm just going to say Schmid. If right. they believe in him, if Brodeur and Schneider and Ruff and, and Fitzgerald and whoever else is involved in those decisions get together and say... Schmidt's the guy. I'm fine with that. I am fine with that. I will trust it to them because they haven't given me any reason not to, except really Mackenzie Blackwood. I guess you could say that was a reason yeah, not to yeah, trust him. I, I still don't. I, I would yeah, love Maybe to I just hear. talked myself out of my point I was about to make. Um, maybe yeah. with goaltending there. Yeah, I mean. I, I mean, I look at it this way, too. They, they might say Schmidt's the guy because there's no better guy that's not going to hurt us on the you know on the other side of the, of the puck like if, if you have to go so deep for Hellebuck or Soros even and it, it hurts your team it, it, you never even use Schmid it might be foolish especially when you're looking at a slower build yeah you, you know b- bigger expectations this year but that doesn't mean you know it's you throw out you pull out every stop at the expense of your future for a must-win cup this year mentality. So no, I don't know, you know, I exactly. I still think that Fitzgerald and ownership are building long-term here. Yeah, and I think the Devils are still a year away from really contending for a cup. Uh, I really do. I think next year I would, 
I'd expect them to go farther than they did. I expect them maybe even to get to a cup final, right? Um, or or an Eastern Conference final. But I I don't know with the way this team's built right now after just finishing the playoffs to think that they're ready coming in this year. Because I think I mean a lot of it can change. I mean if they go out in free agency and they get a Tyler Bertuzzi and they beef up and they make some deal for a goaltender or something. If they manage to pull Connor Hallibuck out of their ass and Meyer signed and, you know, I would, yeah, then maybe, then maybe, yeah, we, we yeah. have the possibility, we can maybe do it with those pieces in place. Well, I just look at the uh, conference finals out, right? So look at yeah. those four teams and look at them honestly against the Devils. You're going to put the Devils as number five. Uh, maybe not in total potential, but, you know, all four of those conference teams. Uh, now, the Devils playing their best hockey that they did this year. No, that's that's a different story. You're right. because. Um, but what do you think? They could have beaten any one of them teams? Yes. Any one of those teams? I do. It's, it's, it's real tough to say that because, number one, when they were playing their very best hockey, it was nowhere near the playoffs. And, yeah. you know, we were talking about a streak in uh, October, November. November. Yeah. Um, you know, that that's... That was nowhere near the playoffs. That's let's face it, different kind of hockey. Um, when they were, you know, playing as we got closer to playoff season, where the play starts to resemble the playoffs a little bit, they were not bad at all. They were still doing great. They were winning, you know, close to seventy percent. It was really nice. Yeah. Uh, but we're not look talking about like that crazy dominance. When you look at a thirteen game winning streak, you're like, damn, there's three more wins away from running the table from round one through the cup final. Yeah, uh, I mean that, that's crazy amount of production. You don't expect to keep that up, <clears throat> and you don't expect to play teams who are in the beginning part of their season mentality, as opposed to fighting for their playoff lives. Exactly. So there's that too. Uh, so but I'm just saying, let's look at them uh, based on how they looked in the playoffs, for better and worse. The Devils were shaky. We you, you can't drop two in a row and say that that was a great series, which they did both series. Uh, um, opening games, you know, we don't want to win them, and that's a problem. Um, so, yeah, i got to put them as number five behind all those. Yeah. I mean, Carolina beat us. They they beat us, and the Devils, they, they had ways they could have won. There's no doubt about it. We know the team. We know what formulas work for them that they didn't execute. We know all the problems there. We look at it. But it, regardless of what you know they could have done, based on their performance, they're clearly number five. To me, uh, yeah. I think Vegas uh, would have torn apart just like uh, I think I think Florida would have, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I don't mean at their very best. I mean, the way they played the first and second round, even the way they played the Rangers. They showed great resilience and this and that. They were not going to uh, and, and they came back and got a chance to do great things. I, I don't think any of those teams were as uh, easy as the Rangers to play either. So, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, that what all I'm saying is that That's there true. is so room to grow, uh, and I hope they're using that those teams as kind of a yardstick. The way they played, uh, you know, the tenaciousness, the uh, consistency, and that's what la- hurt us more than anything. At times we were not tenacious. At times we were not consistent, and that hurt us. And you know, if they change that, what a, what an upside, definitely. But they got to join that group. 
Well, we've figured out on tonight's episode everything that we think is wrong with the New Jersey Devils. And um, going into the next uh, this summer, we're going to go through everything that we think that we need to do to fix the New Jersey Devils. Because yeah. we got a draft coming, and whether or not Fitzgerald's going to make a play to move up into the first round, that'll be interesting to watch. He's yeah, what do you seven. think? What's your gut tell you? I think he'll pull it off. Wow. I think he'll pull it off. He'll probably give up, you know, a couple of draft picks and a prospect or something, and mm-hmm. he'll get in there, maybe probably in the bottom of the first, but it's supposed to be a super deep draft, and he must have his eye on a couple of guys if he's even talking about moving into that first round. Let's see if he so, pulls off the magic trick and trades up for Bedard. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like just sure. give up uh, Hughes and Heischer and, you know, everybody Mercer, and then maybe we'll get that number one spot, and we'll start this whole thing all over again. I don't. I've never seen Connor see that Bedard happening. play. I've never seen Connor Bedard play. I've never I seen some hype of a number one draft. The only the last one was Sidney Crosby. He was yeah. the last one I saw this much hype over. Yeah, that's and, true. But at this, but still, you ask me right now, and you can ask me at the end of next year, and I'll probably say the same answer. I will take Jack Hughes any day of the week. Yeah. Jack Hughes has got just. Something about him, his aura, his attitude. He wants to be the best fucking player in the world. And every night he goes out there and tries. The only thing that keeps me even a little bit nervous about Hughes is his size. Yeah. But yeah. because of his skill level. Yes, that's, that's it, his durability. But his skill level allows him to avoid a lot of contact. And right. we've seen that. He can take it. He's gotten... He's gotten walloped, and he can give a hit in the playoffs, which he is something fantastic in the playoffs. Through yeah. through hits, took hits, carried that team. You know, if his physicality was a question, but he showed that it doesn't have to be. And it, you know, and the older he, he gets, question. yeah, and the stronger he gets, and the more yes. experience he gets, he is going to be a fantastic player for a very very long time. Next few not, years too. Next two or three years. I mean, I saw him develop and fill out a lot just in this last year. Yeah. And you got to remember his age. I mean, young guys really don't stop growing to their early 20s. He's still in exactly. his early 20s. So and I'll never I'll never forget PK Subban was telling the story about, you know, Jack's rookie year and they were running a drill uh, at practice and Jack uh, PK had the puck and Jack had to take the puck from him and they're going through the cones and he said he held Jack back with one hand. With one right. hand, just pushing him, pushing him. Nobody was holding Jack Hughes back this year with one hand. Nope. Uh, you know, to prove to your point, yes, he has gotten a lot stronger. He works his ass off to be the best player. I think that whatever happens on this team is going to revolve around him. And as Jack Hughes goes, so does the future of the Devils. Yep. I really believe that. And so, Danny, I think we're going to wrap it up tonight. Yeah. That was fun. Good. Definitely um, was fun. We miss our guys, but uh, they'll be back maybe next show. Yeah, hopefully on the next show, and we'll figure that out, and we'll get another one out to you guys this week. If there's anything that happens from now till then that is uh, deemed emergency, we will hop on, even if it's only for a short period of time, just to kind of give our thoughts about it and let everybody know. Uh, check us out wherever you guys find podcasts, Apple Podcasts, um, Amazon, Stitcher, um, wherever, and give us five-star reviews. It goes a long way. Help us promote the podcast. Um, for Dan, I'm Chris. We're the Uncle Puckers. We'll see you when we see you. Fuck is out. It's over, Johnny. It's over!